Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming back to listen to another episode of our Weld.com podcast. This week, I have a special guest with us. I have Tom Patsis. He is also aka Cold Hard Art on Instagram, and you guys just saw him on Metal Shop Masters. Tom is from Brownsburg, Indiana, and Tom, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. Why don't you go ahead and just give everybody like a brief introduction for people that don't know you? Okay. For people that don't know me, I um, own a metal art business that predominantly focuses on motorsports. So I basically make trophies and replicas of race cars. I try to avoid cute, fuzzy, nice, plasticky things. Everything's metal and uh, aggressive looking. Um, I'm trying to figure, um, I used to work in uh, motorsports, building top fuel cars at Don Schumacher Racing. So my background is is uh, like performance welding. Um, and now I just do art. I'm a goofy person. I watch a lot of uh, Netflix, whatever on TV while I'm welding. Um, my wife is my boss. My little girl is the CEO, Luna. Um, and that's pretty much my entire life right to date. So how did you actually get started welding? Did you did you go, did you take Votech classes in high school? Did you go whenever you finished high school? What was like your education like? Um, I guess this, I hate to say it this way, back in my childhood, when I was in high school, we went to a tech, uh, tech school for automotive repair and stuff like that. Um, and we learned a little bit about brazing and using a saddling torch, which scared the hell out of me because those teachers want you to respect the tools and, you know, you could blow up and die if you use these the right way or the wrong way. So I remember that was the start. Then I went to, um, that was in Maine. And then I moved to uh, Lima, Ohio to go to the University of Northwestern Ohio. And I did take a six week class for TIG, well, TIG stick, uh, and MIG. And all the different ways you can do that. And, you know, I, I learned how to get the basics down, but I never thought I'd be a career choice. But I did know the fundamentals of it. And so when I got my job at Schumacher Racing in 2005, uh, predominantly it was just going to be a crew guy. Um, and I started on the Pro Stock motorcycle team. And, again, you know, the chassis were already built. And, and stuff wasn't really going to be needed for me to be a fabricator. But my boss says, hey, if you like welding so much, please learn how to do it the way the fab shop wants. So if we have some problems on the road, you know, we can depend on you and trust you to repair stuff or make stuff on the fly out racing. Cause you know, it's a, it's a high pressure situation sometimes and you don't always have people at your disposal to take care of your needs. So I learned how to do that. I stayed, and then I stayed after work all the time. And I figured if I'm going to start practicing, why not make something that you want to keep because you tend to be a little bit better of a welder doing that. And so I, dabbled in metal art you know built a dragster out of some scrap sheet metal and did you know this and that and you know made the mistake of posting it and for the longest time I still worked on the race team our boss sold the race team and then I moved into the fab shop because I knew I liked to do stuff and they would like to rather keep somebody um, in-house than grab somebody from outside they go hey we'll train you how to do it so I learned how to you know TIG weld chromoly steel um, titanium I did a lot of aluminum then I did a lot of sheet metal work and got to know how to do pretty much everything a race car needs to be uh, made. Um, so I did that for six years. And while I was doing that, I was slowly kind of growing my little cold hard art empire of uh, building stuff. So my art was kind of an accident. I mean, I my mom was an artist, so I learned that from her. But the metal art stuff was just kind of a byproduct of practicing welding 
getting better to be a, a welder for, you know, the needs of racing. Yeah. That's really interesting though, because that's something I say a lot, even like what we do at weld.com is, you know, we make educational content and I sometimes say to the guys, how many times can you weld on a coupon? Like make a project and show the welding skills while you're doing a project. So then it's like two birds with one stone. So I completely get why you did what you did because it's it keeps you more interested yep. and you get to practice different techniques not just going you know up or down or left to right or over yep. you know what i mean you get to actually do it in more of a real life scenario even if it is artwork it's yep. way different than a coupon yeah i mean how many of those can you keep you know it's two pieces of metal and you go well someone says that looks good well i've done that a thousand times it it loses its its praise. Maybe your first one to your last one is something to keep, but I, I don't have any of mine, so. Yeah, exactly. So a question I'm assuming that a lot of people are gonna be wondering whenever they listen to this and find out you're on here is, how were you approached to get on Metal Shop Masters? Um, they approached me uh, through Instagram, which like anybody, you would think it's spam or something, like whatever, and you know, Obviously, they uh, they clarified it was a real thing, and I want to say the other the other um, six contestants probably at least through social media of some type because if you're looking for an artist, you need to see what they build and create. So that's a visual thing. Um, you know, some of these guys and girls may have websites and whatever, but even through me, they asked me, "Do you know other artists that are you know capable of producing really you know really cool pieces, or you suggest to be on the show? You know, with personality and art." I mean, with a show, it's not just how good you are at making something. It's, do you have a personality? Are you a very conflicting person? Or, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different um, levels. Uh-oh, my, my little girl just entered the room. Um, That's fine. You know, there's a lot of different levels to what they're looking for um, and showing off different types of methods of welding. You know, like uh, Ray in the show has her style. I make the joke that she doesn't know what a straight edge is, but she does beautiful art. I'm all about, you know, the thousands and I use a scale to measure everything. So, but social media for, at least for me, I would assume was probably the, the preference of how they were finding people just because they could see their artwork. Right. So it was like an online portfolio of your work by, you know, you post pretty regularly, you have a pretty big following and I saw that, you know, that's, I've seen you for quite a while. Um, and your work has always caught my attention. And then I saw you were on the show and I watched it. And I was like, man, I was like, what What was the pressure like of those well, challenges? Well, I mean, other than, other than um, like, obviously just knowing you always want to win, that internal pressure of this, oh, I just want to win every time. Um, that, to me, it really wasn't uh, anything different than what we did or what I did every other Sunday in drag racing where you get a certain amount of time to do stuff, no matter what your problems are that you got to fix. Um, the pressure of competition. I just, I like it. I do better under pressure. If you tell me, Hey Tom, just get that done whenever I'll never do it. But if you say, I need this done tomorrow and I bet you can't get it done tomorrow. Oh, I'll knock it out of the park. So I feel like that was, I think that was uh, good for me. Um, but pressure, I don't know. I mean, every round it's hard to compare with art. I always used to say metal art is not a, is not a competitive sport because everybody has a different way of creating stuff. So how would you ever be able to do that? Obviously this show, they were able to produce that competition, you know, fairly and be able to judge it, which is a job that I would want to do because yeah. everybody, everybody created such good stuff, but 
the thing is with this is there was a criteria that they would tell you every time we want to see this, this, and this, but create it the way you would create it. And sometimes I think artists, we kind of like, this is how I do stuff, or this is the only way I know how to do stuff. So sometimes it's hard for people to think outside the box. And, and sometimes it's hard for you to change your own methods going, well, I'm going to put my pride aside and I'm going to make this, which I never would do, but I'm going to do it because it's what, you know, what the judges want to see. And that's, you want to go to the next round, right? It's not if you, it's not going, well, I'm, I, I stuck to my guns. Well, you went home, you know, so, and there was a lot of challenges. There was one challenge that was a shadow casting thing. Yeah, I was just going to say that one. That one was the one that I saw everybody really like, <clears throat> wow, this is really going to break yeah. me down and make me question everything I know. Yep. You know what I mean? Aside from, I mean, I've been from the beginning of that episode he looked like he had a pretty good idea, like what he wanted to do, but everybody else was like, how am I going to do this? And yeah. I mean, watching you guys work through that, I binged the whole, sh the whole season <laughs> in one day because it yeah. really just had my attention. Like I even went to the gym That's and good. I was watching it on the treadmill because I couldn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like so good. So that challenge specifically, what was that like for you? That one for me was, you know, they, they tell you the challenge and people start thinking, I had no clue, like pretty much walking to the table going, what the hell am I going to make? Because I go, I don't even know how, this. I understood that your sculpture that's visually right there sitting on the table has to look like something. And then you have to be able to cast light on it. And the shadow has to be something completely different. It can't be, it, you know, it can't be a ball and then a ball it has to be something and you have to be able to tie a story into it right. you know I don't, I don't know if it was said on the show but you really do have to sell it you have to sell it where it's like everybody knows i don't care about baseball and basketball and sports so i go well i don't know how to do this but i'm going to make myself comfortable by making it out of two things i like i like the space shuttle program i don't care about space and i don't want to be an astronaut i just like the space shuttle it is such a just evil machine it's got so much power and it's the ingenuity, you know, it's just insane. And then an IndyCar, which an IndyCar to me was perfect because every other race car that you look from the top down just looks like a square. So an IndyCar has a very defined shape. You know, it's all about, you know, speed and power and all this and same with the space shuttle. So I go, if I can make this and tell a story about why I like this and when it casts the thing, it's an IndyCar. Cause I mean, I, I live in Indiana. I mean, we're all about racing here. Um, I like this, this, the, you know, NASA and all that stuff. So I go, that made me feel comfortable. I go, okay, simple task. Just make the space shuttle taking off and all that clouds and all the smoke yep. and do that. So it, it was just one of those like, it, you know, problem solving. I have a problem. What do I need to do? Boom, I fixed it. So uh, that, was, that was the one that I go, I'm probably going home because all these people are all so good at what they do. And I only really know race cars yep. and trophies, you know, but I mean, I know how to build stuff, but I go, it doesn't mean I can build a frog. You know, yeah, doesn't whenever, mean when you were doing that, though, I never doubted you because whenever I was watching it, <laughs> I kept you. watching it come along and you worked within the shadow the whole time. So you had that up there and you would like be moving something and you kept trying to make it in the shadow. And I was like, that looks really good. This is going to turn out great. And I understand that other people were trying to they were focusing more on the story, but you're right how you're so precise with like measurements. You were trying to stay within the scope, you know what I mean? And then you could always yeah. make a story afterwards. Like I can yeah, sell yeah. anything. I could sell a stick on the <laughs> ground. <laughs> 
that's scary <laughs> yeah it really could but i mean no, well it is scary but it's the truth i mean, yep. I mean you could have too you did you made a touching story about a rocket ship and a race car tom well it was uh it was just that was that to me if, if you want to talk about pressure that was more obviously pressure to go what what am i going to make what what in the hell am i going to create and then you know it just came to me it's like two things i like so at least i know how to make them now i just got it and the one thing is somebody had said you know, because at first, like, how do you do this? And somebody made the mistake, competitor. I don't know who. I just remember somebody going, hey, man, put the put the paper up on there, set it up, draw what you want, and then fill it, you know, ma you know, reverse yeah. engineer it. And I go, I don't know if being a competitor myself and being in racing, you don't tell people your clutch secrets. You don't tell somebody why you're faster than them because 10 minutes later, they're faster than you. Now you got to figure out another way to get quicker. So yeah. in my mind, I probably would have kept that to myself just being the evil villain that I am. But I go, I thank whoever told me that. Cause I think all of us wind up doing that. Yeah. Somebody had said it or somebody had showed somebody while they're passing. I don't know. And it was all right. And then you saw everybody do it. You know, you're going, that is the smarter way to do it. So congrats to them on that. And maybe it was Ivan, you know, he was right in front of me. Uh, so maybe I saw him to do, it. I don't know, but you know, you got to pay attention to your competitors, even though oh, sure. we are all friends. <laughs> yeah. So what was your favorite challenge? I know that one was probably the most difficult, but what was the favorite? I think my favorite, honestly, was probably the robot, the first one, because we were we were allowed to build that in our own shop with our own tools. And obviously we had no time frame on that, but the rule was to make an avatar and, and create it, but every single individual piece had to not be welded. So that was tricky to be able to build this whole thing, take it apart, and then, you know, they, because obviously in the show, they want to see you put it together. But the best part of this, that the hardest part of it is you got to do it in your own shop with your own tools. So, I mean, that's, that was kind of cozy and comfy. Um, but I guess my second one was probably the, uh, the zombie apocalypse vehicle. Cause I go, I just like cars. When they said, Hey, build something on top of a golf cart chassis. I was like, Oh, hell yeah. I, I, yeah. Finally something I feel good about, you know? <laughs> This week's presenting sponsor is Como Caps. They're a family-owned business based in Louisiana, and they're well-known for their welder's caps. They take a lot of pride in inspecting every cap twice before it ships from their facility, and they also do a lot of market research to create new designs to include in their assorted bundles. Our hosts so far have loved the fit and the style, and right now we actually have an exclusive coupon code for you to use at checkout, if you go to www.comocaps, it's C-O-M-E-A-U-X-C-A-P-S dot com and use our code WELD10 at checkout, you'll save 10%. Yeah, when I watched, I was like, okay, now they're tossing him a bone. Like yeah. every challenge was like, let's see, let's see, let's see. And then they said something, and I saw it was motorized. I said, oh, okay, he's going to be great at this. Yeah, that car was intense. Yeah, that was um, – and, and my goal, I think I stated, I, I love working with a team. With racing, you work with a team, but with my art, because it's all in my head, and I have to take extra time to try to explain what I want to create to somebody before I create it. It just seems like a hassle to me. It's why I have no employees. That and My mind is work 150% all the time, which you, you can't do, but – I expect that from everybody. So if you're sitting there going, hey, it's 5 o'clock, I'm going home, uh, I just want to murder you, but whatever. So when they gave us the two um, assistants, you know, I asked them very clear, what are you good at? What are you good at? 
And the girl was like, I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know, amateur right now, but I know how to weld and I know how to handle material and cut stuff and make stuff. I'm like, awesome. And the other guy goes, I'm right now, I'm just really good at welding. I'm like, all right, you're going to do the welding. You're going to go cut all the materials. And my goal was here's templates. I'm going to take the time, make templates and get you the hell out of my way. I mean, you guys are probably great people if we're at a bar somewhere talking, but I go right now, I'm trying to win money. I'm trying to, I'm not going to give you the heart, the most important part. I'm going to just let you go, be over there. And if you don't get the guns down, it's not hugely detrimental to my project. You know, you're out of the way. I can focus. I can work. You're, you're moving along and I'm moving along. And that's the way my mind was. And I don't know, I don't know what Ivan's plan really was. So I know he had some problems with his two people, but maybe he gave them too much. Maybe didn't, like I said, I only know what I saw, you know, and I know obviously it only shows so much. Um, and I know he, he had to, he had to struggle with them and they go, I don't know what their skill level was, but for my plan, my execution, give them the little, the, the minimal job and give me the majority of it and, and see how it ends. Because I just go, I just don't want to trust them with the, the $50,000, you know, detail that, you know, causes me to lose or something. So. Yeah, for sure. So you said this, and this is something that I can also speak to you about, like, you know, a YouTube video that we make that might be 10 minutes. That mm -hmm. video usually is, I mean, hours and hours worth yeah. of content and then it's edited down. I mean, and they edited all this content to make a Netflix episode. So say for instance, like that, the challenge, like I know they gave you a time frame, like that you had to make it within, but was like how much more additional shooting was there? Like for that, um, the zombie post-apocalyptic vehicle, like how that, many hours was there actually like shooting going on? Oh, that was, I mean, that actually, when they say 10 hours, it's, I mean, that's the one thing you always see, oh, these shows are all drama filled. They make stuff, they manufacture. No, the, because there's money involved in these shows, they go to the seconds. I mean, you okay. will, it is 12 hours. That last one was 12 hours. That was 12 hours and it went by insanely quick. So it's kind of like the lottery. You know, you, you cannot have, um, you cannot have someone buy a ticket that works at the gas station that sells the lottery tickets. They can't, they can't have any of that. So it's, it, it was like legit, like you stopped working or, I mean, it, you know, there was consequences. So, I mean, it was, uh, you know, everything I'm really, I can really say this with a hundred percent truth. Everything you saw was legit. And I do bet the, the production crew was going to assume that we're a bunch of welders and we're, we wear black all the time. We, you know, we uh, burn metal. We're going to backstab each other and, and, and just cuss and swear. No, it was like, they go, you guys are not what we expected. Like when you guys lose, you're hugging each other. Yeah. You know, you think, oh, see you later. Get rid of him. No, it was, you know, it was a bunch of friends. And that's the part, what, the part that I feel about the show that sounds weird when I, I know I'm off tangent, but when I watched the, the, the show together, the two feelings that I got from it was because, you know, I watched it, binge watched it just like you. I felt sad and alone. That sounds weird, but I felt sad because the show was over and it was done. You know, I watched it all and I was alone because it was just me and Ivan, the two judges and Joe, the, you know, the host. And I go, the whole, the party's gone. You know, it's like you started off with all your friends at the start. You got to meet all these people and learn about them and where they're from and stuff. And it's like every hour, one of your friends would kind of go, you know, it felt like and it's just you and your other buddy at the end of the day with, you know, just a bunch of beer cans everywhere and you're just like oh we're all by ourselves now and that's the weird my maybe it's because i have a little girl now i think a little emotional <laughs> right yeah. everything but that's how i felt when i got done with it. but i loved it it was so much fun it was like it was like summer camp for welders and fabricators 
and artists. So how many days like were you there total? So like how long did it take to film the whole season? Did you guys do it in like one whole go at it or did you come home and take breaks well, in between? There were, we actually, no, it was all because of obviously the, with COVID and stuff, there was all the protocols in place and, you know, you had to, I won't say had to pace yourself, but everything because you got 82 people there filming this. There was a lot of people. And so mm -hmm. we all had to take the protocol for safety and stuff. And um, so we were out there for three weeks. So mm -hmm. it, it's a while because there's a lot of prep. There's a lot of interviewing, you know, for every, and you know, like you said, there's, there's many more hours of film that we'll never see. It's, yeah. it's like a photographer takes a thousand photos just to get the one, you know, you do all that just to get, make sure you have more than you need. So they obviously filmed a lot of extra stuff, a lot of interviews and a lot of B-roll and stuff. So it was, uh, it was three weeks of it. And it was, um, it was, it, to me, I go, it went by insanely quick. You know, I missed my, my wife and my little girl when they're at home and I would Skype them every night and talk to them, but it, it's amazing. It went, you, it just went by so quick and it's like, okay, it's done. It's but It's all over. <laughs> So would you have to do those interviews during the, would, did you do those like after and like kind of like reflect back and they entered them in or would they make you stop working they, and not do an interview? Yeah, during, they did two ways, obviously after or during when you're working, they would grab you and everybody got, and again, everything was timed exactly the mm -hmm. same. So you would get, you would get rushed over here and get you in the heat of the moment. Hey, you said this, you're doing this. How do you feel about the challenge had and everybody had that same amount so it was like you know legit okay if we took you for five minutes everybody gets took for five minutes even if you talk for four minutes we'll hold you for an extra minute to make sure it's fair i mean there was there was so many so much involved in it they really thought it out on on everything so but it was like and then afterwards they would say hey you know we heard you say that you know because you're mic'd up the whole time we heard you say this or it sounded like you were struggling why were you struggling and so you had you know tons of time of interviewing interviewing and again they only used uh, a little bit here and there so uh, but they got more than they needed to make sure they had enough when it came to editing and everything so um, yeah there was a lot of extra work it wasn't just what you see on the camera there's just a lot to it and and you know just my mind just gets excited about it sometimes yeah, most of the time <laughs> I have to tell myself you know, it's over, it's done, and now you're back to normal life. That's not true. Working. There might be there might be a future in something else. So did you have like a trailer, like a movie star trailer to stay in? No, no, no. Well we had like a we had like a uh, a holding area. Because obviously, you know, with COVID they just had to make sure we were all, you know, safely spaced and we were all in a room they fed us and we had couches and we just we just hang out because they just wanted to make sure you stood here and, and if they were moving stuff around, whatever, you know, the it's the same thing like racing. Y'all yeah. have your place, you know. If you guys aren't on front of camera doing your thing, then you guys just chill over. Here. Just chill over here, drink some water, hang out, and then you know they're moving stuff around and and cameras and setting up interview areas. I mean, there's just it's amazing. You don't see how much work and and just this is like really my first show to be like part of it where you're like you know like whatever they call you the talent or whatever, you know, we make the joke, we're like, oh, I don't know if we're the talent, but whatever. You know, you guys are the ones. I'm like, okay, whatever. But so it's weird to be the person they're always filming, but it's a, there's so much work. I have such a respect for just the littlest dude on the thing to the, you know, the, the girl operating the boom camera, which is insane how that thing works. And, you know, there's, I don't know, 20 something cameras and, you know, these are hundred thousand dollar cameras they are wheeling around and it's, you know, they're, they, you know, those guys love the sparks. They love yeah. the sparks. Oh, can you do that again? Can you direct the sparks? I was like, yes, we can do whatever you want. It's your camera and you're telling me to do it. 
Yeah, bag. exactly. So you got breaks to like eat? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, you do have a, you know, it's like a, a normal work day, you know, they would pause it, you'd go have lunch and you, you know, take a break. But again, it was all right, get back, you know, get back to it and work, you know, get back at work and you got, you know, we got this timeline and, you know, and, you know, you know, when anytime there's a production crew, obviously there's, you know, salaries and stuff involved and, mm-hmm. you know, you have to stay on, you stay, I mean, they're perfect on, you know, making sure they stay on schedule and they say, Hey, we need to do this by interviews are at this time and this time and it's just just i just i wish i could work this efficiently in my shop i would actually make some money if i could stay on schedule because even before the show i am just so much work to do and you know i don't have employees and and sometimes when you hey okay my wife leaves to go home i'm not exactly working sometimes i'm having to do instagram or, or look up photos or emails that i have to answer you get behind, you know how it is. You have four set goals today. You show up and it's eight o'clock at night and you did none of them, but you did six other things. And you're like, you know, so I, I envy their able ability to stay on task all day, hurting us cats around like they do. Well, maybe you have to make um, like a box <laughs> and get like some kind of countdown thing. And like, whenever you allocate, like how much time you think it's going to take, you'll have to like press like start so we can like count down and put the pressure on you <laughs> to get the project. No, that's done. not a bad idea. Or lock my cell phone in my car and not worry about getting on it. Because you know how you can just, you fall into the trap of, I'm just going to go read that email real quick. And now you're on Pinterest or Instagram. And you've scrolled two miles and you're looking at cat videos on YouTube and you're like, where, where am I doing with my life right now? Yeah, especially TikTok. <laughs> a TikTok is the one that grabs me. I don't go on there very often, but when I do, I'll look up and I'll be like, oh my God, it's been like I, five minutes. I, I do not, I, I, I have a cold order TikTok, but I do not, I only did it just to grab the name for some reason if I ever yeah. needed it, but I do not TikTok because I just... No offense to anybody uses it and makes great money and, and gets – I just – for what I do, you're not going to see music and me dancing. And, I mean, I'm just got a big nose. I'm just super white. You know, look like I'm wearing a white tee. There's just nothing – there's nothing good that can come from me. I shouldn't even be ta- allowed to talk on online compared to doing any kind of dance video or whatever Whatever <laughs> the benefit of TikTok is. Just Wait a minute. I'm you an old man. I'm, no, I am 40 years old. In a couple of days, and I just know I just can't. I'm an old man now, so I'm crusty and old, and I'm like hate young people, which I don't. But you know, you just you know, your dad's like you're so you're so useless, and he's listening to that that stupid that stupid music that you you know he his grandpa did it to him. I'm doing to do it to Luna someday, and you know, skinny jeans just don't work for me, and Honda Civics just aren't cool. And you know, I get it. Your parents did it to you. They did it to the you know, and I'm gonna do it. They're they're gonna do it someday. I just saw, I can't, I can't TikTok. I don't even like saying the word TikTok. And, yeah. you know, I don't know why. Okay. Yeah. But you don't have to dance though. There are a whole bunch of welding people and they literally I just know. post welding stuff, but you don't have to I dance. know. And you're not crusty for the record. You know, crusty old, that's just what I call people. I don't know. <laughs> you're funny. So what has been your um, feedback, like from like your family, like once they got to watch it, like obviously like your wife didn't get to go with you. So does she have to wait the whole way until it really came out to like watch you? No, I mean, well, yeah, obviously she didn't get to see anything. She was here. I mean, she knew I, obviously I was going to tell my wife all the results as I go, yeah. but you know, she's, 
kept secrecy like all of us, you know, all of us yeah. have to do because you don't want to ruin the surprise. And, right. You know, it's, it's a lot of money invested in making this a surprise ending and, and, and stuff like that. So it's, you know, um, the, what I took away from it was it's just, a, they, everybody goes, this will change your life. And I'm like, you're crazy. It's just metal art. You know, we do it every day. It's, and it's amazing. I'm not going to say I've gotten millions of orders, but the, how far it's traveled. I've already gotten, and I'm getting really good at saying, thank you very much. My mom's always said, don't argue with people when they say nice things. Just say, thank you very much. And just, you know, be appreciative of it. And I've been saying thank you very much to people in South Wales, wow. South Africa, South down in Brazil, Argentina, uh, Tokyo, London, uh, Le Mans in France. Um, I'm going to try. I got one, one in the Philippines. And I mean, it just, it, you know, the show Netflix is not like, oh, just America. I mean, it's 190 yes. countries or something. They told us that, you know, we're going to put this in 190 different languages. So you're going to be shown in Germany and Russia and, and like Korea and all this. I'm like, that's insane. She goes, all the people are just saying, you don't realize how far this travel. You're going to get business from people that go, I want to buy something from him. I like race cars and nobody builds that stuff here in, you know, Croatia or something. So I go, wow, that's, and it, it's been true. It's been, I've been getting a lot of feedback from, Hey, you did great. You know, I have to translate all the, the languages and, yeah. and tell people, thank you. And it's just, it's flattering. It's really fun. I mean, you, you don't, you don't have to win for this to carry the weight of any of these artists that do great work are all going to get something from this. And that's the cool part that I think is cool is when you're in, in, when you like to run marathons, you want to run in the Boston Marathon. You want to get in the Olympics. You want to, this is just a cool, really glorified way for people to go, well, if I do really good work or whatever, maybe I could make it on that show or season, whatever. Hopefully, like, if we did a good job, there'll be multiple seasons. And, and then the next batch of artists will be better than us. And the next, the next. Like, you know, any really popular show, there's multiple seasons and things get better. And, and you know, they, if we thought, well, we didn't like how this worked out or this, well, great. You got another season. Figure it out and do it better. And and impress more people. So I think it's cool for the welding industry to kind of like glorify it a little bit because most of us, yes, you know, we do, I'm full-time and a lot of the other con, uh, contestants are full-time artists too. But I go, it, it's it's a cool place to show off your work and it gives other people that haven't been on the show going, oh, I'd like to get on that. You know, if, you, if you'd like to do that, I go, that's, that's really cool for the welding industry to give it kind of like a really cool spotlight, you know, like, you know, like it's the same way with mechanics. There's a million mechanics that work in a garage. They work very hard and they don't get the praise that they should for fixing someone's car. But, you know, hey, if I work hard, maybe I can get on a NASCAR team. And then you get that that glorified like, hey, I work on a NASCAR team. People think that's so much cooler than just somebody who fixes a car, which is actually more important than watching a you know, pit crew. So, I mean, it just it gives it a, it gives it a fun spin to go, hey, there, you know, there's more out there than just, you know, welding in a dark shop sometime. You know, and you can, or you can be, you can influence people to be artists. You know, you can do it. We did it. Yeah. Well, I think it gives them a different perspective that you don't have to be just like a production welder. You know how some people, yeah. there are those kind of jobs where you weld the same part every single day, all day. But then, you know, there are fab shops where you do like custom projects or you start your own business or you do yeah. art. I think one thing that I've already seen a lot that I love is that we have um, six welding instructors with us who are like advisors to weld.com. Like they answer questions on the forum and um, they interact with questions that we get from our website and stuff like that. 
but a lot of welding instructors are sharing this show in their classroom, which is cool because the kids get to like have something easy to watch, something enjoyable. But I think if now that this show exists, now it's something that they can show in high schools. You know what I mean? Like that they can expose, you know, high school students to welding as well because people might not like, especially those kids who don't know what they want to do and they're not sure if college is for them. You know, they yep. might not be the best at studying, but they would be like a good welder. And like, I feel like we always say that that's one of the main problems, that there's not a lot of things in the welding industry that attract the younger generation. And like, now you guys did something and this is evergreen content. This is going to stay like on Netflix, you know, for however long they keep it on there. But yep at least it's something that can be shared for a long time to come and hopefully entice them to, you know, go get a welder and, or go get in a class. Yep. Yep. And I think too, for the people that aren't welders or don't even want to inspire to be it, that just like art in general or just fabrication, they just like seeing people make stuff. And at least shows you in the common thing with everybody, people, people that don't do this kind of stuff, like, you know, fabricate or build stuff. Most people don't know, how long it takes or how hard it is or the experience it takes to build anything. You know, you got people go, why did that cost me a thousand dollars to have that table made? Well, the way you wanted it made, we had to do this and you all you can't have the customer in there as you're building, but something like this goes, man, I did not know there was that many processes of building something, you know, welding and take, you know, TIG welding and MIG welding and cutting and bending and, and grinding and blending the welds out of stuff. It at least shows other people going, when you pay for something, this is the kind of work that goes into it. It doesn't get popped out of a press and you, you bolt this on and you're done. It's there's, you know, to make all five sides takes, you know, a lot of pieces. It's not, you know, a lot of people just don't understand what goes into making anything. I know it doesn't have to be art, but it's just good for people to see, wow, I did not, that is a real craft to build yeah. something like that, you know? So it's, it goes good for, you know, people that are in the welding world and that aren't in the welding world, you know? Yeah, for sure. So as far as like your race car industry experience, what has been like one of your favorite experiences as far as that go? Like where have you been able to travel because of that? Or like what's one of your favorite experiences there? Uh, I, I think the, the best part about the racing and all the traveling was, you know, like most people, when they get a job, they get stuck in one spot where with drag racing, you have to go all over the United States to compete. So you do get to see, uh, you get to see, like, we go to Pomona and Sonoma and New Hampshire, Florida, Houston, uh, Minnesota, um, and all these places. All You all go to all the places, and New Jersey um, and stuff. So when you do that, that's fun to do, to travel and get kind of get it out of the way, get to see the United States a little bit. You make a lot of friends, um, mm-hmm. a lot of partners. You know, there's a lot of companies involved. So I guess I guess the best part is just the life experience from it because it's a lot of work. I mean, you know, me and another guy had to drive an 18-wheeler, like a really nice race rig all over. So that's an experience in itself. And and then, you know, competing and everything. And, and you just kind of – you kind of – you're going to grow up real fast because uh, you have to take care of a like, couple million dollars worth of stuff all the time. Uh, you have to look professional. You have to, you know, obviously act the part. You have – big companies. So you kind of, you kind of just learn a lot about yourself. And, and when you run your own business, you tend to be that same way. So basically a lot of the input that I learned from racing, I kind of, you know, brought over to my own business. Um, you know, when I, on my social media, I really don't like to swear and I don't get political and I don't get, 
I don't talk about, you know, things that just, you know, cause controversy. So when you're in racing, you kind of do the same thing. You just kind of be professional um, and just be the best you can. And so with my art, I'm very competitive and I want to be the best. And I don't know, the racing just is kind of like, even though I'm not a race car driver and I'm not actually competing anymore, I still have that same kind of uh, way of living my life. And so when I did the show, I go, okay, this is a competitive show about something I like. I'm competitive and I'm going to make, try to make this work. So I guess it's just, it's one of those things, the same way when people go to the military, they take that, that experience out the of, discipline. you know, being, or the, the discipline, the balance, um, you know, putting the best foot forward, you know, uh, you know, just being, knowing, have a common goal, you know, working good with others and stuff. So, it, you know, to me, racing is like a same version of the military. You have one goal, you know, good guys, bad guys, whatever you want to say, everybody has a specific job. Uh, sometimes there's timelines involved and you just, you just kind of execute and, and focus. So with my art, there's a lot of race inspired ways of doing stuff the way we do it in the race shop that I do here. And, you know, I'm by myself. So anything I can do to make my life easier, uh, you know, obviously makes my life easier. So. Yeah. That's really interesting that you were able to tie part of the race car industry into, you know, making a successful business because like, there are just like so many life experiences that shape you, you know, and prepare yeah. you for like what is to come. So it's really yeah. interesting that you say that. Is there anything that you do miss about being, you know, around the race cars and doing that type of work, like in comparison to doing the artwork? Like, is there something that you really do miss? I guess the the way, the best thing is the people. And there, there is something, there's a, there, I won't say, I don't know what says. there's a lot of pride when you have your uniform on that matches everybody else's in your team and you roll up for obviously drag racing, there's staging lanes where you're all lined up and you're lined up against your competitor. And there is some kind of very powerful, prideful feeling yet. Yeah, like you're all friends, you all, but when you get up to the line, you're the next one to go. It's, I don't care about you. I want, you know, I care that you don't get hurt, but I want to beat the crap out of you on the racetrack and and i may not have been the driver or the rider but i go you have that same sense of feel of importance and you do everything it takes to make that race vehicle go down the track faster ahead of the other guy um and then you know then the camaraderie of everything you go back to the pitch you work on your stuff uh you know there's just uh, there's so much crazy that's controlled and it's fun mm -hmm. and and then i come here and then by myself and yes i like it that way for what i do but it, it is completely different. So I do miss the people. I miss, you know, talking crap to other people. Uh, you know, like, oh, we beat you good last week. Mm -hmm. You know, and you just, you don't really have that here. And, and it's funny, you would think, oh, man, I can't wait. Tom's going to be gloating about winning. There's so many times that I have to remember, well, you did win. I have to tell myself, because I had so mm -hmm. much fun competing with these other people and getting to know them and being on the show and learning all another experience. And I don't really have that aggressive, like, you know, me and Ivan were in the finals and, and technically I won and he finished second. And I don't have that aggressive, like, you know, we hugged and that, that felt so nice that he hugged me. Cause it's just like, you know, I know what it feels like to lose. We, in the bikes, we lost a lot. And, and, you know, when you work in a funny car, there's so much things that go wrong and you just, your heart gets broken and so I know it, when it comes to the art side of it, because it's so personal mm -hmm. that you make this, I go, you know, it, it, that's a tough part. So I go, I'm, I'm not going to be that, that a-hole that just, oh, look at me, look at me. I go, yes, you won, Tom. Great. 
but it's like it was so much more fun than just winning you know like ivan said he goes if there was no money involved and it wasn't a trophy it would still be fun to want to win but because you had so much fun doing it that makes it fun you know it's i don't know it's it's really weird between the art and racing is a thousand percent different but it's still both a competitive thing that you just have to focus on you, know, you can't get sidetracked because in racing you can get somebody hurt and so you know with your art, well, you just go home early. You know, it's that's why I think it's so, to me, it is a different, even though it's a competition both ways. So what did your daughter think about seeing you on TV? How old is she? Did you tell me how old she's, she is? She's uh, three years old now. Okay, so what did she think when she saw you on TV? <laughs> so we watched it, and she really wasn't paying attention, but this is more funny, and this was afterwards, but she went to a, uh, uh, we brought her to um we went to go see joe coy because he came here and mm -hmm. it was our first my wife's first date in mine in a long time and so luna was over the babysitter and they played that show for for luna to luna to watch and she goes hey that's my friend tom on tv and i'm like what <laughs> that's your dad not your friend on yeah TV. so that was the only time i've heard her say anything about you know oh daddy's on tv no i haven't heard that i heard oh my friend my friend tom's on tv and i go what? Like I got all high pitched there on purpose. Um, it was just like, really? Like she, I mean, I'm excited for her to get older to go, wait, you were on TV. That's really cool. Oh, and you won something. That's even cool. I'm really, so I'm really excited for her to be proud of me, if that makes yeah. sense, but that's going to be a while. <laughs> Does she have any interest in like watching you around the shop and like doing oh, art and stuff like that? And does she like, do you think that one day, like you'll teach her how to do that stuff once she's I, that's a two as a i have a, a two-way answer for that question uh i could probably see it because she's here all the, this place looks like race like a 11 year old kid designed it with all the race car stuff on the walls and the die cast and posters and stuff but it's still a fab shop and there's equipment mm -hmm. everywhere but then there's also little girl stuff just everywhere and if my wife was the one that left that stuff it was her stuff i would murder her but it's it's a three-year-old little girls and it's absolutely fine leave your little your little wagon in the middle of the way. That's totally cool. And I could see her being influenced a little bit, mm -hmm. but I wasn't influenced as a kid. Nobody in my family liked racing and I just picked it up. I watched a race one day and I was hooked for life and it's, it's like drugs. I can't ever, I can't ever just go, I don't like race cars anymore. That can never happen. So I hope she honestly finds something that she likes to do and not influence like about what daddy does or mommy does, because I go, you know how it is. When you find what you think is awesome and cool, nobody can tell you otherwise. Yeah. So I hope she gets into horseback riding or ballet or singing or dancing and something she, she goes, no one's going to tell me this isn't what, because I mean, I, I, I hope she finds something like that because I joke, I want to keep her away from welders and racers because they're just a bunch of dirty guys that I don't like because <laughs> I'm a dad now. No offense to all you welders. I'm one of them too. I know how my mind works and I don't want those kind of people around her, but you know, be, I mean, funny, but yeah, you know, know how it is. Everybody's protective of their daughter. But you <laughs> know that one day if she was a teenager and if she came to you like, Hey dad, I think well, I want to build this. And if she showed you that she really put down a plan and like had a thing she wanted to build, you'd be like, all right, let's go. Let's go build this. Yeah. After I got done crying, a yeah. lot and it was like i'm not crying i'm yeah. not crying just, yeah after that yeah i'd go yeah let's uh, let's, uh, let's go build that tank that you want you know no yeah. It, it, yeah i mean whatever she wants to do but i don't want her to get into cart racing because daddy likes it or 
drag racing. God, no, that's and that's even worse. Like, I can't even imagine my little girl driving a top fuel car because, well, daddy knows people, and here I, I like drag racing. I'm like, oh my God, I can't imagine a little, I don't know what she's gonna look like when she gets older, but I couldn't. All these dads that have, you know, girls that race in top fuel, I go, I know they're good at it and they're just badasses, but I go, as a dad, I don't know how I can handle that. I mean, yeah. you know how it is. It's you get emotional when you're a parent now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Whenever um so say somebody is interested who is a welder and they're interested in starting to do art. So you in the beginning said you know, whenever you have to practice a technique, like try and like just start doing like little projects. What's some advice that you could give somebody who wants to start an art career? Um, that's a that's a, ooh, that's that's a good loaded question. Honestly, I say if you want to get into art, don't start thinking you're gonna sell every piece of art. Don't get into that because it's taken a long time for me to get to this point, and I'm still. I'm still not a master yet. You know, there's still zillions of things that I'm not good at and other people are. But I would say if you're going to get into art, practice on building stuff that you want to keep. So if you want to build cars, you know, build cars and keep them. Don't expect people are just going to give you all kinds of money for them. Um, so just practice. But also practice the, the basic fundamentals of welding. Don't just go into art going, I don't know how a MIG welder works or a TIG welder and just you actually learn how to do it. You don't have to invest thousands of dollars and get some really fancy welder. You know, get a used welder off of Craigslist and start off because it may not be for you. You know, I did not think I was going to be into welding. And then I didn't think anything about being into art and a business of art because you never know which way life directs you. So I would say, you know, invest a little bit of money, get a, get a used welder, learn how it actually works, learn how, how to weld. Because you know, there's a lot of metal artists that start off artists. They learn how to weld because, well, I want to make stuff out of metal. And they don't learn how to weld correctly. So mm -hmm. down the road, they have a lot of bad habits that they can't, like, you know, you say you're welding backwards when you're TIG welding. I've seen people do that or, or not know, you know, you know, good penetration, stuff like it and, and stuff. So learn how to weld while you're learning how to do art. Because I'd hate for you to get into a bad rut where, you know what, my art's not working out, but I'd like to be a welder. And you go apply for a job and they fire you the first week because you said you can weld and you had no clue how to run the machine or change your settings and you made something that hurt somebody, you know, like, or it cost a lot of money damages or something because you never know which way you're going to go. So, um, and then the, uh, my one for art is make paper poster board templates if you're going to cut stuff out because it takes you 10 minutes to, to cut out a poster board piece something compared to, you know, an hour to cut out a piece of material going, that's not right. Now I have to throw it away. So, mm -hmm. you know, make stuff easier by, that's my big tip. I tell everybody, at least if you're going to do specific art and sheet metal, just poster board, start off with that, cut it out, make sure you like what it looks like, then cut it out of metal. So that's my one and only super tip, I guess. Awesome. All right. I really appreciate that. I'm really happy that you were able to come on the podcast and I look forward to watching you make more art and, is there anything you want to say? Do you want to tell everybody where to find you? Uh, yeah, I, you know, obviously my name is Tom Patsis, and just look up Cold Hard Art, uh, like Cold Hard Cash. That's the way I tell people that go, what's your name? It's like, you know, Cold Hard Cash, but with art. Oh, okay, I got it. And that's my, my little plug line for most people. Um, uh, you know, Instagram, social media, or social media, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Um, not TikTok. Not TikTok. <laughs> um, not that down. No TikTok. Sorry, not today. 
um, other than that, uh, you know, I just hope everybody just, you know, does what they like to do. And, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to use your hands if you're, you know, a normal fabricator building stuff or whatever or doing art. Um, you know, watch the watch the show on, on Netflix, Metal Shop Masters, and there's everybody on there and, and, and follow the, all the other uh, contestants. Uh, you know, I, I got to tell you this, Ray, Ray is a spitfire. Of all the people, mm-hmm. if I had to fight somebody, I, I'd rather fight Ivan than Ray because she's from <laughs> Texas. She's crazy. She does not. The way she is is the way she is. You're not going to change her. Um, I just, I guess, uh, you know, Lou, he's from Vegas amazing artist Ivan as you saw a lot of kinetic stuff his mind is like a mad scientist uh mm-hmm. seven uh, another another amazing welder and artist uh Leah you'll see her she's got some crazy skills on making stuff that looks like it's cast and it is multiple pieces that she's just amazing with texture uh Frank Frank is we call him Uncle Frank because he's just she's just a got a big heart and he can do everything I joked with him I go I thought you only did like sea creatures and, and sea turtles. He goes, no, I can do it all. And I've seen his work now. He can do it all. Um, and then Ivan is ma- amazing. So I'm just trying to figure, I think I said everybody. There's so yeah. many of them. I, I love them all. So uh, just watch the show um, and just enjoy it, you know. And, and if season two comes out, maybe one of you guys could be on there and I'll watch you guys well. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. We will talk to you again next week. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 